And welcome to the Heart God Media Podcast. And today we have a few guests, uh, the ever uh, constant uh, appearing uh, ETBT and Sean, uh, presumably. And uh, if they all make their way to call in. But um, but yeah, today we're doing uh, top five werewolf films. So uh, I hope you uh, enjoy what we got in store. And we are here. BT list as usual. Um, typical, typical. The man, uh, he's got a, a hectic schedule, or so they say. But here we are, top five werewolf films. We have E.T. and Sean on the line. Hello, hello. Yo. And uh, we have uh, our top five werewolf films. Now, this one, uh, we only did top five because, honestly, there are a few werewolf movies out there, but doing a top ten of ten werewolf films that you love, it's kind of – you might be hard-pressed to, to, to touch off a top ten list, so – yeah, I felt like it was, I mean, it was definitely, obviously, there's more than 10 werewolf films, but like you said, it'd be tough to, it'd be tough to say there's 10 of them that I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Having five, you can, you can, you can keep it pretty concise and, and definitely to the point saying these five werewolf films you love. For sure, for sure, 100%. I think these are the ones that, like we talked about in the previous with the vampire ones we've seen the most and the mean the most to us. So, uh, so, uh, I figured this time we'll do round Robin. Everyone start with their five. We'll go around, do five, then go around, do four, go around, do three, two, and then one. Sounds good. I have uh, I have a one Brian Tyler phoning in right now. Let me double check. Holy this. shit. <laughs> He may have just made the cut, and if he actually, I wonder if he's actually calling because he's ready, or he's calling to say, I'll be ready in 20 minutes. So I have everyone. BT with us. Are we Are we recording? We are recording. We are live. We're live. So I'm talking to the world now? Talking to the world. Okay. So I was just telling Eric and Sean, Brian, that we're going to uh, round robin it this time as it's uh, top five. It's a little easier to get around the, the circle here, the uh, the imaginary circle. Uh, so we'll do five. Everyone do their number five, then number four, then three, then two, then one. And then we'll do honorable mentions. Cool. So uh, and that, way, that way Sean can't just rumble through his and not say another word throughout the whole show. <laughs> he got him right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's start it off. Who wants to go first? I do. Brian, what's your number five top werewolf film? Silver Bullets. Oh my god, <laughs> that's your fifth favorite. I, you know what? I'm sorry. This I don't want to be mean already. Go ahead. Keep going. So he has number five. Silver Bullet is his number five. Eric, what is your number five? Uh, my number five is 1981's The Howling. The Howling coming at number five on Eric's list. Very nice. Wallace, the mainstay of the horror genre. So, uh, Sean, Sean, you're number five? I'm going with the, uh, the original Wolfman at number five. The original Wolfman coming in at number five on Sean's list. So my number, fi- my number five is a... 
relatively newer film. I'm going to go with, uh, depending on what title you go by, I'm going with Late Phases, Night of the Lone Wolf or Night of the Wolf, uh, however you want to call it. Um, I refer to it as Late Phases because that's what I bought it as. So Late Phases starring Ethan Embry and Nick DiMici is my number five. Embryo. Ethan Embryo. Uh <laughs> Are we gonna like discuss it all, or are we just gonna kind of keep going through our list? So we're gonna keep going through, and then we'll we'll do a broader discussion. Okay, for sure. I like that. BT number four for you. The Wolfman, nineteen forty one. 1941's The Wolfman, Lon Chaney <laughs> Jr. And uh, Eric, your number four. Your number four. My number four. Phenomenal year, the year of my birth, 1985. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf coming in nice. in the top five at number four for Eric's list. Sean, uh, yeah. you're number four. My number four, uh, it's a pretty good cookie, uh, Ginger Snap. <laughs> <laughs> number four on Sean's list coming in hot with the Christy Jet Wolfman. <laughs> oh wait, no, fucking sorry, ginger stabs. <laughs> I like it. My number four coming in hot is 1985's starring Corey Feldman, Everett McGill. Come on, Silver Bullet, baby. Stephen King, Silver Bullet. Cycle of the Werewolf. Can we talk about something for a second? Yeah. You know, it was a thing, kind of, but we overlooked it. Eric got mad that Silver Bullet was my number five. But it was his and number I'd four. Like why. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It, it was just a, one of those guttural reactions, like when BT had Lost Boys at number eight on his list for vampire films. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is actually my top five, whereas my top ten vampires were it was kind of just scrambled. Uh, whatever. Alright, BT number three. An American Werewolf in London. Oh, God. American Werewolf in London is number three. Interesting. BT, your, your list is perplexing me right now. <laughs> this is very perplexing. You know, That's I feel like my, my top five is like the top five is best, so they're all the best. Alright, alright. Eric, number three. Number three. 1941's The Wolfman, Lon Chaney Jr. Love it. May even be one of my, you know, arguably one of my favorite of the original monster uh, flicks. So I love the, the feel of it. We'll, we'll discuss it more later, but yeah, number three, The Wolfman, 1941. Sean, number three. Uh, this one's pretty uh, underrated in my eyes. Uh, Cursed. Curse coming in number yeah. fucking three on Sean's Coming in hot. Wes Craven fucking I bet you Wes is fucking Wes literally fucking arose from his grave in the fucking Hollywood Hills he couldn't believe someone put fucking cursed out of their top five werewolf films I think it's a fun movie fucking beat out ginger snaps and everything uh, you just love it because your favorite actor Jesse Eisenberg is on that. you got him right so my number right. three J-Dog number three 1981's uh Joe Dante's The Howling. The Howling. I dig, I dig. 
And uh, BT, let's kick off the top two. What do you got for your number two? The Howling. The Howling line, lined up. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Number two, Eric Tyler. American Werewolf in London. Oh, my God. I think the only time we could actually truly say, oh, my God, was Cursed being Sean's number three. (laughs) I like Cursed. I got nothing against Cursed. I have to think Cursed is going to be Brian's number one because his list is perplexing to me. Let's say it again, perplexing. If fucking, well, if Ginger Snaps is number one, we're shutting the pod down. I got $100 instead of Ginger Snaps section number one. BT, watch that movie <laughs> more times than I've ever seen watching movies. <laughs> All right, Sean. Sean Gito, you're up. Number two. All right. Number, number, two, number two. Yeah. The next pick in the draft, Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet coming in number two on Sean's list. That's respectable. That is respectable. Yeah. J-Dog? My number two. Number dose, dose. American Werewolf in Paris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> American Werewolf in London. John Landis, that crooked fuck. He, he's a yeah. he's a he's a piece of trash. He's a walking piece of trash to to many, but goddamn, he can make a great film, and I I can't deny him that. Um, but yeah, Rick Baker's uh, masterpiece, uh, as it were, American Werewolf in London. My number two. And here we are. We're at the number ones. And obviously, we got two of the most, um, well, the most uh, anticipated uh, number one ever is Brian Tyler's. Brian Tyler, what's your number one? <laughs> here it comes. Ginger Snaps. Is uh, it really? No, is it really? Yeah. How many times we fucking live we're we're live this might be our most controversial uh episode we've ever done we're fucking cursed is in someone's top three and fucking and brian's got fucking ginger snaps above two of the fucking three of the mecca werewolf movies this is impressive i like it is this supposed to be objective or personal all right relax just is anybody, I have a question. Is anybody mad that I put Teen Wolf in my top five? I mean, I don't know. No, no uh, I actually have three honorable mentions. If uh... yeah, I got some honorable mentions as well. So. What's your number one, Eric? Uh, number one, like anybody thought, thought any different. Silver Bullet. Number one. One of, movies, one of my favorite movies of all time. Wait, didn't you say Silver Bullet was your number four? No, that was Teen Wolf. Oh, oh, that was when, number five. Oh yeah, yeah. When you said 1985, I immediately thought Silver Bullet for some reason. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Silver Bullet, my number one. I knew that was coming. Chagita the Burrito Eater. Let's go. All right, my number one favorite time or werewolf of all time, American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London. I knew that was coming. My number, number one. one werewolf movie of all time. Underworld 2. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm obviously kidding. It's uh, 1941's The Wolfman. Number one. I like, you know, it makes me feel good knowing that one of us had that at number one, obviously. I mean, it, it, it arguably, it started everything. Without that, I don't think we would have The Howling or American Werewolf in London. 
I mean, which are two of the, which is why. And honestly, I I felt I was going. You know, in my entire life, I always grew up loving American Werewolf in London way more than the Howling. But probably the last six or seven years, I've I've grown to I think like the Howling just as much, if not more, than American Werewolf in London. To I would be safe to say that the those, in my opinion, at least for me, yeah, obviously, like Silver Bullet, uh, The Howling, and American Werewolf in London are like, I mean, they're all like amazing films. I think those are like a three key outside of the, of the original Wolfman score. So, um, to to recap, we all had we all had the Wolfman, 1941's the Wolfman. Yep. We all had American Werewolf in London. Correct. We all had the howling. Correct. Nope. Sean Sean did not have the howling. I did not. He, he, it was close between that and curse. He threw curse and then said. But we all had silver bullet, so we all had four of five. We all had three of five. Three of five, Sean, rather. Silver bullet. Yeah, it's silver bullet number two. So there you go. BT's the one who shit all over that five. So we all had Silver Bullet, American Werewolf in London, and The Wolfman. Everyone hey, had The Howling. What? what? Wait, what did you say? Well, I was trying to talk, I and don't... then you interrupted me. Yeah, don't, don't interrupt the host, please. Um, <laughs> don't interrupt Eric. I wanted to know what Eric said. I said, I got. I was mistaken about who put it at five and shit all over it. It was you. Oh, yeah. I just... So we all had the howling. We all had the howling except for Sean. I was the only one that had late phases, and Eric was the only one that had Teen Wolf. Sean, Sean, and Brian are the only ones that had Ginger Snaps. Sean was the only one that had Cursed. I mean, I, you know, obviously, I know all of us are gonna have a couple extra films that we didn't throw in our top five. Uh, obviously, yeah. Curse was on that list, of course, but to put it in your top five, come on now. Now, listen, there's nothing, I got nothing really against Cursed because Brian and I did an entire episode on Cursed, uh, two Halloweens ago. Uh, that's, you know, I, I do love that film and it's, I guess it's more interesting what that film could have been is why that film is, is so interesting, um, to me. But I do like it for what it is, and it's fun, and it was a, a product of the mid-2000s. It was a very odd uh, time to put a werewolf film out. So I got no problem with someone having that in their top five. I think it's interesting. Um, it's a lot of fun. It definitely All-star is. All-star cast, for sure, I mean. Oh, yeah, 100%. Forgive and Sean for having an opinion. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I can't have an opinion? We all have an opinion. Uh, what is everyone else's feelings on uh, late phases? I've actually I've once. Go ahead. About 50-50 on it, probably. I don't remember it very well. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it a few times. I really enjoyed it. I definitely had it on my list of uh, honorable mentions. I think it was one of the better. Like we said, we, you don't see many werewolf movies come out these days. Uh, so I think I think they did a really good job with it. I think it was enjoyable and uh, better than a lot of uh, a lot of movies that came out. Well, for a film like for a film like that to come out too, when it did just a few years ago, five six years ago, 
Um, and to come in and, and do practical werewolf effects is is impressive and it's ballsy. And I think the werewolf genre lock, lacks um, originality and, and lacks good movies because it's so... Anyway, I talked about this in a live uh, stream episode I did with uh, Lou earlier. Werewolf movies are so... Everyone's so afraid to do them. Um, because I think a lot of people know they don't look good CGI. They look goofy. They look, we were talking about the Ninja Turtles, the newer Ninja Turtles movies. Like you could take that really shiny computer animated character of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but it looks odd next to like real humans. It just doesn't, you can't suspend your disbelief enough. So the fact that Late Phases comes out and does uh, vastly, a vast amount of their, or a good amount of their, um, uh, effects practical and their their wolf uh, makeups uh, practical for it to come out when it did. I, I commend uh, the filmmakers immensely, and uh, Nick Dimitri and Ethan Embry are awesome in that film. For sure, and like, like you said, it's it's tough these days with the uh, you know with all the films filmmakers using CGI because it's obviously cheaper and it's a lot faster and easier for them. They've definitely taken the craftsmanship out of. Uh, you know, the special effects that we know and love. And I think that's probably, like you said, a main reason why you don't see as many uh, flicks like that. Like the Wolfman remake, I was very excited for. Uh, you know, I went to the theaters to see it. Uh, but obviously, yeah, I mean, the CGI kind of, in my opinion, takes away from it. Uh, but, you know, good story, great acting, but just, it's just tough. Any, any sort of... Uh, it's hard to execute pre- it when you're when you're doing that with the... With the special, with the special effects being so com- computer generated, it just yeah. And it, I live in like such a weird time where like everything is like so under the microscope. So like when you see something like that, and obviously someone you see a lot of films, it, it kind of takes away from I don't know the getting a getting a the realness factor. I guess you would say I don't even know, but something like that. Right. And Rick, I think the same thing happened twice. Rick Baker the effects for cursed and the wolfman remake like practical effects and then they decided to cgi over that yep yeah yeah. yep and that's uh you know that's uh studio calls um i'm not sure what studio executive made the call on the wolfman but i know it was the weinsteins on uh cursed and i mean the weinsteins didn't want to they didn't want to spend the time and the money to 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 do it the way it was supposed to be done and i thought rick baker if you guys have not seen rick baker's uh wolf makeup for cursed it is fucking amazing yeah it really is i mean rick baker rick baker baker obviously one of the goddamn kings so oh yeah anytime anytime you sit there and take some of his work you're like yeah we're gonna cgi over this you're just yeah, obviously, dumb as shit. So, well, as we, I mean, it's same thing with the Grinch. They just wanted to paint Jim Carrey green and not have any fur or any makeup on him, and just give him like a little who knows, and that was it. Can you imagine what that film? That film's like, even though it's only twenty years old now, that film's probably one of the most revered Christmas movies. Uh, now is the Jim Carrey uh, Grinch directed by Ron Howard and. Uh, he literally told him, he's just like, you're going to ruin this film if you don't let me do it the way I need to do it. And luckily, luckily they listened to him. I just think, I don't know if it's just me personally. And I, well, I mean, I know you guys see with like, such a film lover that I want, I mean, I just want, I want the practical effects. I mean, 
I want to, if you're going to use CGI, I want it to be a good mix. Not, not like just overdose of, of CGI where it's, I mean, look at some of these movies, like we you were talking about Ninja Turtle movie earlier. It's like, uh, those, those suits are amazing. I mean, you got when you have an actual person in that suit doing that stuff, it's amazing. I mean, look at obviously the, the revered work on the thing. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, you, Rob you need those effects. Exactly. You need those special effects. Yeah. So, Sean, Sean, anything to add as to why Curse uh, really made your top three? Because that's pretty. That's uh, you know, it didn't come in at five. It came in at three. So obviously, that film resonates with you uh, greatly. <laughs> no, I just I don't know. I just has like a lot of fun. Obviously, like it's kind of comedic with the werewolf flipping off. You know, the two main characters. Uh, like I said, I just can't get over like how much like fun I had watching that. I never, I never get bored watching it. I remember, like, Brian showed me it, like, many moons ago. Pun intended. So, so I think, like, it's more like in the Scots <laughs> thing, like, watching that with him. Like, why? Yeah, no, I like, Ginger like, Snaps making my top list. Because Brian showed me that movie thousands of times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which is I why it's his number one. I just, um, I guess it's interesting. I think Jesse might have said this earlier. I guess it's like an interesting time. What was that? Like 2005. Right? Yep. And it's like Wes Craven doing, um, you know, a werewolf movie. I don't know. It just seems like, you know, what could have been, I guess you're right. But I don't hate the movie per se, but, uh, no, to, to see what it could have been with, um, with, uh, you know, Corey Feldman, Skeet Ulrich, uh, what it could have been, uh, is very interesting as well. For sure. And it's done by Wes. Come on. We all love Wes. 100%. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, yes. Oh, no, you can't. Okay. No, we have the whole time. Yeah. Oh. Well. So, um. I still. Nope. I still hope that we get to see that director's cut or whatever. The original footage that. that who was talking about that? That's why we made the podcast. Yeah, that the the footage is out there. Yeah, they got to do something for the fans. Well, all that, all the it's actually funny we talk about this is because all of Wes's works, I believe now. I'm not sure about Curse, but I know a few of Wes's works have reverted back to him. So the rights for Nightmare on Elm Street have reverted back to Wes Craven, which is obviously not Wes anymore. It's Wes Craven's estate. So the rights for the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Or at least the characters, you know the the uh, the story, the 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 characters of all the you know names. The name Freddy Krueger is owned by the um, estate of Wes Craven now. And I just I just learned about that today. On Robert England was on the Boo Crew podcast, and he had talked about that literally today, um, and talked about how the rights have reverted back to the Wes Craven estate. That's so the yeah, the ball's in their court uh, as to you know if the the story of Freddy Krueger continues. So, but enough of uh, Freddy Krueger. I guess we'll uh, before we dive into the top the big top three. I mean we'll uh, I mean Ginger Snaps is uh, you know it was one of my <clears throat> honorable mentions, um, and uh, I enjoy all the films. I loved the the first film when it came out. Thought it was definitely new, interesting, cool. Shot in Canada. Um, 
you know, a cool, uh, different take on a werewolf film with the teenage girls. Um, and that's something you haven't seen, uh, since either, you know, uh, I mean the werewolf genre is so it's more niche than say a vampire or zombies. Definitely. Uh, it's just one of those ones that's hard for people to touch. I think for, for many reasons, but but uh yeah it's uh it's a good ginger snaps was good i i I will say i'm shocked that it was brian's number one i'm shocked that it made sean's list but it was in my honorable mentions (laughs) well i you know i grew up watching it all the time it's just it's yeah one of my favorites it's because bc's obviously we're close he's my brother i i guess i probably would have guessed that ginger snaps would have been in his top two uh, not that it was a compliment, but no, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like I, ne- right. I remember, I remember when you discovered that movie, and I remember how many times you watched it, and how much you loved it, and how much you still love it. So, <laughs> so um, the uh, Silver Bullet is another one. Obviously, I know uh, your love for it, Eric. I I know Brian and Sean's love for it, and you guys know my love for it. Silver Bullet's another movie that's very fun. It was obviously dead dead set in the middle of the 80s 1985 a lot of fun with that one obviously Corey Haim RIP uh we're all fans of Corey Haim and uh just a great cast with uh Gary Busey Everett McGill uh just a just a banger of a film so much fun and it's really it's it's great yeah I mean if I can just speak on it for a second like and I think Brian could vouch for this like my father uh, wasn't into too many things other than like sports and hunting and stuff. But he was a he was a big Stephen King fan. Uh, yeah. So in our in our younger years, uh, well, he used to read a lot of the books, but I know he kind of stopped reading. But in our younger years, he would always watch any of the movies that were on TV. So you know, we we would see Silver Bullet or or It or you know the Langoliers or Tommyknockers, The Stand. You know, I can remember watching The Stand with him like when I was really young. So. I mean, for that reason, like the nostalgia of it, but I just love everything about Silver Bullet. I love, like the, like you said, the cast. I just love the storytelling, the way it's shot. I mean, I think the scene where um, Reverend Lowe is uh, is dreaming in the, the church and everyone starts turning into werewolves is like one of the most rad scenes like ever. I just love that scene so much. And uh, the way his sister... Uh, narrates the film. It just has like this creepiness to it, and Ever McGill just—I don't know—he just kills that role so much. He oh, yeah. that, that was a perfectly chill. cast film for sure. Yeah, he has such a presence about him. Like, um, yeah. he's one of my favorite actors. Probably, I love him and and that and people under the stairs. so that's yeah that, i mean obviously like i said uh, silver bullets by far one of my favorite movies ever but definitely that, my favorite. yeah it definitely yeah. is good the shit out of me when i was a kid that opening scene on, on the train tracks oh um, yeah same same and it, i remember it really disturbed me when he found uh the kid's kite all like bloody yeah the bloody kite the sheriff there finds it. there's something like so chilling about that yeah and the, another, the, another Another scene that that comes to mind in that film is when, uh, well, a couple scenes, but uh, when they're all out, like the the lynch mob or whatever you want to call them, are all out. They're walking in the woods, and then the the fog kind of creeps up on them, and yeah, and the wind was grabbing them. Can I say, and I don't mean this in a bad way, 
I think it's fucking hilarious when the werewolf starts beating one of them with the with the baseball bat. <laughs> There's something like the peacemaker. So funny and like yeah, awesome. no peacemaker. Yeah, sure. about him like waving. You just see the werewolf's hand raised with a and yeah, no, for sure. Awesome. Well, there's actually, I think what's under uh, underappreciated in that film is Gary Busey's performance too, because uh, it, it could he could have played it like so goofy that you wouldn't be able to take the movie serious. But when he when that character of Uncle Red, you get the drama obviously of Uncle Red being like, uh, you know, a bit of a booze hound, and you know, yeah, Marty was crippled and. And, and obviously in the short story, you don't get as many of those nuances in the short story where you see the relationship between Uncle Red and Marty. But then, um, you know, when when the story turns, when it kind of reaches near the climax before it starts hitting the uh, right before it hits the climax where Uncle Red is starting to, you know, really suspect that something's going on. He knows something's going on with Reverend Lowe. Right. And like the lines in it are just fucking He's like, right, and he's like, he's like, I don't think people are gonna take kindly you writing love letters to the, to the local reverend, uh, <laughs> suggested that he should eat a rat poison omelet or gargle with broken glass. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he was awesome. You're right. He does, and he, he plays every side. Of, uh, he plays both sides of the spectrum in that movie where he's, he's goofy and funny, and then he plays like the, he's trying to be the voice of reason. Uh, you know, and he's skeptical, and then he's and then he's all, and then once he realizes that uh, something, you know, something is up. So, yeah, him and uh, and Corey Haim and uh, Megan Follows, I think is her name. The whole family dynamic and the drama, the the movie wouldn't be as good if it wasn't for all of that. I don't think. Like, obviously, the werewolf stuff is awesome, and it's why we watch it. But like the like, yeah. Such a part of that. I also found it like kind of interesting, and I don't know if they, this was like something supposed to be, like if this was supposed to be what they were trying to do. But I, like some of the kills are some people who were like, you know, like the the one father of, uh, of you know, the, he's kind of like a he's like an abusive father. The one dude where he kills him in like the garage, and then like yeah, he's watching well, some uh, he's watching some NWA, I think, isn't he? <laughs> Bust his chops! <laughs> that dude is a mainstay of 80s cinema. He's in so many random 80s. Movies. Oh, he really is, too. Um, I don't know. And then, like, the lady who's, like, uh, her her boy leaves her, and she's, like, popping pills and shit. I don't know if there's, like, supposed to be some sort of message in that, where he's kind of, like, off and some people who are doing some bad, but... Yeah, that, that's almost like a religious, like, you know, you're going to commit a sin by killing yourself and an unborn child, like the reverend part of the wolf fucking taking over. But he could also probably smell that, you know, she had a child with her. Isn't that like a thing where werewolves can smell? Uh... Yeah, the, the canine. Uh, oh, that's, that's you know, dark. But, you know, saying that, though, I don't know if those were uh, like exactly what they're going for, because obviously he killed the... Uh... Uh, the young kid there, uh, his name escapes me, but uh, Brady. Yeah, but he was a, he was kind of an asshole. Uh, yeah, he did throw a snake on Jane. To um, before we wrap up our thoughts on Silver Bullet, uh, t- two really creepy 
things with uh with that uh two scenes that always stuck out to me were one uh when uh uh brady's father came and found after he found him and he came into the it was after the wake i believe and he's wearing like the ar- the black armband for his son and he walks into the bar and he tells uh <laughs> it was when uh when the uh uh, his name escapes me the the local like main drunkard dude uh that's gonna yeah. lead the lead the lynch mob with uh uh when joe the sheriff comes in uh quinn what's his first name brian stepfather guy terry o'quinn um and he was just like what you gentlemen are talking about is private justice and then fucking when brady's father like does that monologue where he's like my son was torn to pieces like yeah that is a that was that's a very like that guy's acting was like on another level on that scene, and uh, he was just a he was just a genuinely creepy looking dude anyway. Too. Yeah, especially when Reverend he was torn apart like that yeah, was. That, I was gonna say, yeah, and then uh, and then uh, a scene it was it was comical but it was also creepy was when Uncle Red's getting all the jewelry all the silver jewelry melted into a bullet, and then he's just like hell what are you gonna. He's like, oh, finest piece of work I ever did, I think. And then he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, really he's like, ought to be pretty accurate. He's just like, hell, what, what are you going to shoot? Uh, uh, a three fifty seven uh, Magnum with uh, made out of pure silver. He's like, how about a werewolf? <laughs> yeah, that guy was mad. Oh, yeah, he was an old world craftsman. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, we lost BT. No, no, I cut out for a second. Oh, okay. BT has this uh, problem where he has to mute it on his phone. No, I just laid down for a second and then I couldn't hear you guys at all. Oh, I can tell you got it on speakerphone. Sometimes you hold it like at a weird angle because I can hear a reverb in people's voices whenever you talk. But regardless, um, uh, hey, Sean, you awake? I'm still here. Anything to add about Silver Bullet? Nah, no, you guys were uh, doing a pretty good job. I was enjoying you guys reacting <laughs> to scenes. Sean, how did I do? You did pretty good, bud. Yeah, I've been trying to be more, um, more present in this one than I was in the last one. I was embarrassed. You were very present. So, um, another uh, before we talk about the top three, quick, uh, let's uh, let's get all of our. Uh, I mean, I like I said, I know Ginger Snaps was Brian's number one. I know that Cursed was number three on Sean's, and all of our top threes had three occurring films. But uh, two, obviously, I had uh, I had both Teen Wolf movies in my honorable mentions because Teen Wolf is just so much fun. I obviously a big basketball fan, so I love it for that aspect too. But great cast, funny cast, amazing one-liners. Uh, it didn't make the top five, but I mean, Teen Wolf is just a yeah. staple. Michael Michael J. Fox, I mean, come on, it's uh, yeah, definitely in my top five. You gotta bring up Teen Wolf two as well. Jason <laughs> the, Bateman, the lesser known uh, sequel to Teen Wolf about uh, starring Jason Bateman. Oh yeah. Um, I've I've never seen that. Oh, I own the Scream Factory it's edition. Great. It's so good. Yeah, Scream Factory put out obviously Teen Wolf in 
able to Jason Bateman goes to college and he's if, I, if I wasn't a big fan of the first one am I gonna enjoy the second one you weren't a big fan of the first Teen Wolf uh, controversial opinion I recently rewatched it and I just I, I really didn't care for it though. really that's shocking but you're not really a comedy guy anyway Brian uh, you say that whenever I don't like one comedy. Didn't you say you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber? I have seen Dumb and Dumber. Do you love it? Did I say that in 2015 before you made me see the second one? I said I didn't remember Dumb and Dumber. Wait, have you ever seen Wedding Crashers? Yes, I've seen Wedding Crashers. You like that one though, right? I mean, it was funny in 2005. <laughs> Do you like old school? No, you know that type of comedy isn't really my style. And neither is Teen Wolf, movie. apparently. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't think Teen Wolf is a bad movie. Not a bad I, movie at all. Just not like. If you don't like Teen Wolf, the first one, you're probably not gonna like Teen Wolf Two. <laughs> <laughs> just true. Just throwing that out there. However, Teen Wolf Two is about. It's any consolation. Mark Holton does return as Chubbs. Yes. Oh, okay. And the father, the father returns, and it's a different. They were my uh, favorite characters. characters. What's a what's a what are you looking at, Dick Nose, dude? What's his Styles. Name? Styles. Styles goes back, but it's not the same actor. Well, you know, I don't really like care for Styles anyway. And instead of why uh, do you not care ball, for him? Because he uh, fucking. I actually just uh, I rewatched Teen Wolf recently, and uh, it was right before Scott Howard tells him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, you're not going to tell me that you're a fag, are you? Because I don't know if I can handle <laughs> Obviously, you know, I, much different times in 1985. But sure. I'm not one to go back to like 1980s movies and be like, that's racist, that's homophobic. But that, that hurt me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a different time. And, you know, not all 80s characters are... Are homophobic like that though? Alright. Yeah, Styles is just he he is the way that he is and that's what it is, you know? Maybe Styles was gay, and that's why he said that. Maybe. Maybe there should be a Teen Wolf three and, and Styles is in his sixties and finally comes out. Yeah. I don't think he's gay, I just don't think he can handle being around a fag. He said he he's couldn't gay. he didn't know if he could handle <laughs> Stop throwing the F word around. <laughs> you what? know that I I'm I'm allowed to say it. Why? Because I'm gay. You heard the first, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Tyler has come out on the Hardcore Media podcast. Oh, they all know. They do as soon as Ginger Snaps was his fucking number one. <laughs> <laughs> Any horror movie that has menstruation, BT loves. <laughs> That's not. Which is That's ironic. Uh, yes, it is. Think of every movie that has menstruation as a horror movie, and you love it. But I'm a cheerleader. Gary. Brian loves it. Yeah, I really love those menstruation movies. Ginger Snaps, you love. Yeah, right. Gary, After Brian first saw love. Carrie, he slept with a tampon. Name another menstruation movie. Carrie. No, you named Carrie already. The Rage, Carrie yeah. too. Ginger Snaps. Ginger, those ginger snaps too. Ginger snaps, no menstruation in Carrie two or ginger snaps two, as far as I can remember. All right, what about but... May. What about May? 
I love that Eric always brings up May. <laughs> May is awesome, but there's no menstruation. May is a great film. Uh, another, the last of my honorable mentions for werewolf films was one of my favorites, starring John Saxon, 1989's Phenomenal, My Mom's a Werewolf. Oh, when did honorable mentions start happening? Well, I said Ginger Snaps was one of my honorable mentions, and I said Teen Wolf was one of my honorable mentions, and then I said My Mom's a Werewolf is an honorable mention. Oh, right. Mention. All that? Okay. I, I have not seen My Mom's a Werewolf. Um, yeah. You would love it. Yeah. It's, I don't think I've seen it yet. So uh, it's a great film. Uh, pretty much John Saxon plays a werewolf that seduces a uh, you know, housewife. Uh, she's kind of got like a football crazed, lazy boy sitting father. Uh, her daughter is uh, like just an average teenager, but her friend is like obsessed with horror, and she's at like Fangoria Weekend of Horrors, and they show Fangoria magazines in there, and her friend's like obsessed with horror, and she's actually the girl with the blue dress that's putting on lipstick that gets killed in Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Yeah, well, Diana Barrows. Nineteen eighty nine. I have a bootleg copy, Eric, if you want to watch it. Yeah, definitely wanna check that out. But yeah, um any other um honorable mentions or anything else before we talk about uh American Werewolf in London, the Howling and the Wolfman? I got oh, well, I have honorable mentions and I just have I have one more thing to say about Teen Wolf. I have a couple honorable mentions as well. What do you have to say about Teen Wolf, Brian? Okay. Like, take into account, I don't really care about basketball, and that's that's pretty much it. All right, cool. Not a sports guy. Do you want me to take my honorable mentions now? GT anti-jock. Yeah, let's hear them. Four honorable mentions. Four? Four. Mm -hmm. Shit, go. Is Is that allowed? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I have cursed. Nice. Is an honorable mention because, as Sean's put it, it's fun. <laughs> I have. Uh, it's going on the front of the. It's going on the back of the Blu-ray when it comes out. Sean <laughs> Henderson, it's Sean fun. Say, it's fun. <laughs> I have uh, Wolf with Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. Nice. Oh, nice. And Spader, Spade Dog. Very underrated, in my opinion. Another really underrated one. BT fucking Batman. loves Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. Oh, yeah. Are you fucking listening? <laughs> there it is. What did I name after Wolf? Bad Moon. Ginger Snaps 2. 1996, Bad Moon. I do Bad Moon, yeah. Uh, Mariel Hemingway and Michael Perret. You know what's funny? I watched I watched Bad Moon, Bad Moon as a kid. Uh, you know, running it from like Video King or whatever, and I liked it then, and I bought it and rewatched it, and I thought it was good, but I definitely remember liking it more when I was a kid. I didn't think it was uh, as good as I remember it, and th- that rarely happens with me. I rarely like well, revisit I will, films. I will and... Buy that right off of you. Well, I'm still gonna own it. Oh, all right. Um, and I have Dog Soldiers, which I just watched last year, and it, I thought it was so much fun, and I thought the werewolf effects were amazing. Yeah, yeah, Dog Soldiers is a good one. If you can get past, sometimes, like, the, the uh, dialogue in it, because it's so, like, 
thick like i think that's like a wales at like uh uk accent um it's very thick that's true yeah i had to get used to, i definitely had to get used to that but once the action kicks in it's like it's non-stop it's just so much fun yeah it's a it's a wild film for sure it's fun for sure so those are my four honorable mentions and i'd also like to just throw in howling to your sister is a werewolf not because it's good but because it's it's unforgettable it's an experience yeah for sure as as is you know how uh bill Hader has that skit on snl where he's uh what's his name about these crazy clubs yeah Yeah, Stefan. Howling 2 is like something Stefan would describe as a club. <laughs> yeah, you got Christopher Lee in sunglasses. You got bats. You got midgets with exploding eyeballs. Sounds epic. Yeah, you've never seen it? No. Never seen oh, it. Out. Okay. We can move on now. Those are Those are my honorable mentions. Thank you for giving me my time. You're welcome. Um, I will say a movie I loved as a kid was Howling uh, Freaks. I believe that's number six, right? Or is it number five? It's number six. You know what? I tried to watch that recently. I I watched it with you, actually, and it was a lot of fun. That was like 10 years ago, probably. Yeah. And for some reason, I when I tried to rewatch it, like it just felt like nothing was happening and you know i don't really get bored i i don't mind when a movie's slow but maybe i just wasn't in the mood i'm gonna try it again actually yeah. i still own like the first yeah the first six albums. yeah that one uh i remember watching as a kid a lot for some reason and uh i loved that one but but yeah eric what's uh oh, shit. what sorry before we move on from the howling franchise howling five the rebirth who did I, I watched that with Sean, right? You did? Yeah, Sean. I think Sean and Colossus. And that movie was actually a lot of fun, too. It took place in, like, this castle in the winter. And there were all these people. Obviously, I don't remember it very well. I don't it was a, a whodunit movie mixed with a werewolf movie. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Acting was terrible. Give it a watch. Um... Eric, is the yeah. Well, we're still going to talk about the original Howling, but Eric, what's your uh, what's your uh, honorable mentions? Uh, well, mo- I had a couple. Most a couple of them were already mentioned, so I won't mention those. I'll just mention the two that weren't mentioned. Uh, one of them, you know, how I love the Japanese movies, but one of them's a movie from 1975 called Wolf Guy, that stars Tony uh, Chiba, who's like one of the biggest and well-known martial arts uh, actors of all time. Basically about a detective who gets bit by a werewolf and kind of uses his new uh, skills to, to, to fight crime and stuff. It's really cool, like 70s, like crime, mixed with a little bit of horror, uh, starring Sonny Chiba, which is really awesome. And then the last one is a super outrageous film uh, from 2014 called Wolf Cop. Uh, yeah. If anybody's ever seen it, uh, super outrageous about a cop who, again, gets bit by a vampire, or a vampire, gets a, bit by a werewolf and fucking fights crime as a werewolf. And it's just, it's practical effects. Uh, the actual werewolf suit is outrageous, but it's a super fun movie not to be taken super serious. 
That's uh, awesome. Definitely. Check that out. I think there's a I think there's a Wolf Cop, Wolf Cop Two. Wolf Cop was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still on there. Uh, I haven't seen the second one yet, though. But I'm sure it's just as outrageous. I haven't seen the Wolf Cop uh, movies, so I definitely want to check those out. Yeah, they're just like I said, like just not just fun, not to be taken seriously. Just like fucking outrageous. Nice, Sean. Any honorable mentions? Uh pretty much. You guys already talked about all of it. You know, Bad Moon, Wolf Cop, Teen Wolf. Perfect. Halloween Two. I've only really seen Bad. I've, I've seen Bad Moon like one time, and it was like somewhat recent. I thought it was like not like what Jesse said. I, I wasn't like blown away by it, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was, I it was a watch. I think the main thing I love about it is just the dog was like a char- one of the a main character in the movie, and a lot of it was from the dog's point of view because he was like onto the uncle being a werewolf the whole time. Yeah, and then it sort of climaxes into the dog like saving the day. I just thought that was really cool. It's, it's a feel good movie. <laughs> yeah, I like the cover. So, so uh. As we talk about the last three films, um, you know, The Howling, uh, Rob Bottin's, uh transformation in that, um, I feel like is sometimes overlooked and overshadowed by Rick Baker's uh, wolf transformation in American Werewolf, Werewolf in London. They're both both truly, truly amazing, and they're benchmarks in the genre of horror, but also, you know, they're two of the greatest, you know, uh, werewolf films ever and the tra- the transformation scenes are, are just so in- incredible and in the howling with the the bubbling forehead and just it was the howling is tr- like we're going to talk about American Werewolf in London but the howling was tr- is truly truly creepy it's just such a creepy film and for them to execute like getting the scariness and the the creepiness across in a in a monster movie like that um, and I think that's what people fear, and that's why we don't see a lot of werewolf films. It's because it's hard to get that across um, when you're talking about monster movies like that because it's hard to suspend your disbelief. Like, okay, yeah, werewolf. Uh, but, yeah, there's just – and D. Wallace is just amazing in it and it's such a cool concept and uh, amazing acting and just really creepy werewolf uh, transformations. And it's, it's just fun. It's and it's. I'm gonna give it to Sean. I'm gonna give it to Sean Henderson. It's fun. Yeah. It's uh, the story is like different. I mean, that's what stands out to that. You know how kind of the lead up with the with the D. Wallace's character. You know what I mean? And like going through the stuff peep with show. The yeah, that's why I love it so much. It starts out like a serial killer movie, kind of. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know. I would love to see it from the point of view of someone who doesn't even know what they're watching. Because, like, it takes a little while before you actually realize it's a werewolf movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's true. That's true and but it's a really good build-up, though. And, uh, yeah, the tra- like Jesse said, the transformation is also top-notch. Maybe one of the best. It's Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin? Rob Botin, Rob Botin. Botin. Thank you for correcting me, Jesse. You're welcome. It looks like Botin. 
Yeah, but it's pronounced oh, yeah. Botine. Oh, I believe you. He also Rick worked Baker on the was, thing. Rick Baker was a consultant on that as well. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't the story like he was going to do The Howling and then American World and what it came up instead? Yep. Well, there you go. Okay. Sean, any thoughts uh, on The Howling? Uh, I'm not really well known with that movie, so. Have you seen it? I've seen it like maybe once or twice. Definitely revisit uh-huh. it. I think you'll enjoy it. it. has one of the most amazing endings of all time. <laughs> like hilarious and sad at the same time. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um, if, if only Rick Baker stayed at Binghamton. I know, right? <laughs> but um yeah moving on to rick baker american werewolf in london obviously uh for a lot of people it is the benchmark of werewolf films again fun comedy you know uh weaved horror film um obviously you know takes a lot of influence from you know it's it's uh you know it's grandfather film which was um or you could say it's father film, you know, the Wolfman. There's references in it. And I think without the Wolfman, there would be no uh, American Werewolf in London. That's why the Wolfman was my number one. But American Werewolf in London is just, uh, it's another one. Like, amazing story. And, you know, the, the mythology of having, you know, the people he killed come back and talk to him. Mainly Jack, his best friend, who was killed on the moors after he was bit. And now, you know... David's killing people as a as a werewolf and Jack's trying to play, you know, the 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 friendly ghost trying to tell him like, you know, hey, you got to end it because that's the only way to stop this. Right. Yeah, that was a really cool um really different, really original what they did with that. Yeah, obviously the scenes where he interacts with the with the two interact are really cool. The scenes, his, like, dream sequences early on, when he's, like, first starting to, like, feel the effects of being bitten by a werewolf, those, like, crazy nightmares he was having, those freaked me out when I was a kid, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Especially when, like, the Nazi zombies, or the Nazi werewolves busted in and started shooting down his family. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Would Would you guys say, would you guys say that this is, Arguably the most popular werewolf movie. For right? sure. For yeah, sure. I think it's like this. I think like, think? like would you say that this American Werewolf uh is in London is a, is the most popular werewolf movie like like is this the go to? Like Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, the, I I was asking what Sean said. Oh gosh. Oh, I was agreeing with Eric. If you, oh. if, you if you went up to the average person who's maybe not super into horror or whatever, if you were to say, hey, name a werewolf movie, you think this would be the one that they probably would name? They'll say Twilight. <laughs> well, isn't that a vampire movie? There's a werewolf in it. Easy. Let's not get into that shit. Because <laughs> you went to the movies to see it. Out there with Jesse. Jesse, Jesse went too, yeah. Yeah, I saw two I of them in theaters. I heard Sean made him go, that's why he was there. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't Sean, didn't Joyce 
your ex has something to do with that. We're not going to air my dirty laundry on this podcast. Sean, do you remember we spun out in the snow on Route 5 before that film? That was a goddamn omen. We shouldn't have went. I know. Is there any other werewolf movies we haven't named? I can think of movies with werewolves in them, but not like a full-on werewolf movie. Well, yeah. Well, so I, they're not as popular as as uh, as I, I don't think anybody thinks they're popular actually. So I mean, they're not that popular. Has anyone seen a movie called Wolfen? Heard of no. it? Never seen it. So I have it in like a four pack, and I've still never watched it. I don't even know if it's werewolves or if it's wolves. I just I have no idea. I would like to give a special shout out to um, John Grise, who plays. <laughs> uh, he's one of my favorite werewolves. He play. I mean, he plays a wolf, obviously in the Monster Squad. Uh, he plays, and then in the Fright Night Part Two, right? Is the werewolf in Fright Night Part Two? So he's technically a vampire, but it's one of those things where you know it's the old uh, mythology of like Dracula, um, where he can morph into. You know, uh, a bat, a rat, a wolf. Um, so I think it's he's wolf. He's kind of a wolf in there, but he's still a va- he's a vampire. Gotcha for sure. Yeah, I thought he was a werewolf too until the last time I watched it. I realized they wanted him to bite her on the neck, Tracy Lynn's character, to turn her into a vampire. And I'm like, oh shit, he's a vampire. Exactly. So there are some there are some uh, werewolf movies that we obviously didn't uh, mention. There's one there from 1971 called Werewolves on Wheels that I definitely need to check out. <laughs> There's a Hammer one called Curse of the Werewolf that I was gonna try to watch before we did this podcast because that's one that I've always wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, how about a how about a one of the cooler scenes, uh, werewolf scenes maybe that we didn't mention because it's not technically a werewolf movie. Is the scene in Trick or Treat? Oh yeah, yeah. of course. That's yeah. a great. Uh, that's a great scene with werewolves. Is Anna Paquin. And that was actually oh, CGI that was tolerable, very tolerable. Yeah, that was actually somewhat tolerable. I, I thought. There's another one that I was planning on watching. Um, that I'm surprised I still haven't seen. Werewolf of London, which was made actually before The Wolfman, but. Yeah, and she's I just pulled up some, all the Wolfman box sets, but it was made like six years before the Wolfman. It's just not as popular. Have I you see seen that, that? The Curse of the Werewolf. Wolfman. Well, I've never seen Werewolf of London, but I should. We should all check it out. That would be interesting. That's I guess from the, it's from the thirties. Yeah. Wow. I guess um, I could be wrong, but I feel like I read that the whole full moon thing came from that movie and not from the. Wow, so, so Werewolf of London came out before the Wolfman. Yeah. Oh, I always thought the Wolfman was the first. Film. I think. It, I mean, it was probably technically better because it was more popular, obviously. But I'm sure Werewolf of London has something going for it. Well, as we uh, start talking about, as we wrap this up and, and we talk finally about the the original Wolfman, the 1941 Wolfman, 
I mean, that's where it all really started. We could say, you know, uh, Werewolves of London or, or, or anything uh, after or before, but the Wolfman is the benchmark. It really started it all, and it really started to really sow the mythology of what werewolf films were to be. Uh, without it, we would not get Rick Baker's amazing uh, artwork in American Werewolf in London. We would not have gotten Rob Bottin's artwork in uh, The Howling. And it just, uh, you know, bringing the, you know, the mythology of everything we know of werewolf films and, you know, starting it, uh, you know, sowing the seeds, if you will, Uh I mean, it's just, it's a classic. It's the, the reason it's my number one is because you have to, you have to respect the roots. And without this, I, I, I don't think, I think, uh, werewolf films, uh, as few as there are, uh, wouldn't be what they are, um, today. And we wouldn't have the films that we've talked about on these lists. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it, when we did the vampire list, I said that the, you know the Dracula, 1931 Dracula was my uh, was my favorite of the Universal monsters, and I kind of stopped myself short and think about the Wolfman, and and I think the Wolfman might be my uh, my uh, favorite Universal monsters film. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, that I said the same thing earlier. It's just, it's, it's, it's just such a great story, and. Uh... Lon Chaney really kills it, and then like the the whole like stuff with all the gypsies and the setting, it's it's really cool. It, it is arguably up there with with the, one of my favorites to the the original monsters, you know, Dracula being great and, and Frankenstein as well. But yeah, the Wolfman is a phenomenal film. Any uh, other thoughts on the Wolfman, um, Brian or Sean? No, I like it. Uh, the, the transformation. Uh, when he becomes a werewolf is pretty cool, like, especially since, you know, during that time period. The way I mean, yeah, think about that shit, 1941. Yeah, they doing doing the time fade into the wolf uh, from Man to Wolf. Kind of like that fellow Lugosi plays the, the werewolf in the movie that fights Lon Chaney Jr. Turns him into the werewolf. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? It's, it's funny how the evolution of the werewolf, too, like, Lon Chaney like looks you know if you were to think of a if a human turned into a wolf it's kind of I don't know I think it would look, it's kind of toned down and then they just it obviously gets crazier and crazier as the the years and the films go on where it's just a full on like uh, yeah they go know. they go to menstruating females to to flipping off people <laughs> and cursed oh, we gotta talk about Oz from Buffy the Vampire Slayer we can talk about Oz for sure yeah, he's a werewolf. He's a guitarist. He's a werewolf. He's a real hip cat with red hair. Yep, and that's about all we gotta say about that. <laughs> well, all right. This is uh, this has been a good one, and uh, had a lot of fun uh, chatting werewolves uh, with you guys. I think we all left uh, needing to check out a uh, one uh, werewolf film each that we haven't seen. Yeah, for sure. This is just like uh, the vampire one where I'm going to, uh, Jesse mentioned the subspecies movies. I'm definitely going to pick those up and binge them. I think there's three of them, right? So, or a couple? Four of them. Four of them, something like that. Yeah, so I saw there's a, 
little bit of a box set or something like that. Maybe pick that up. Watch those. Yes, but I actually, I bought some species at Tops on Blu-ray for like four bucks. Oh, that's cool. That's rad. You gonna watch it, Sean? Yeah, I just gotta dig it out of my Blu-ray bin. Trump. It's in his trunk. <laughs> He's got a Walmart Blu-ray bin in his house. Five dollars each. <laughs> the probably all still see. You should open your shit up to the public, Sean. I mean, we'll come in there and dig through that bin five bucks. I, I, I can't honestly say that some species is still definitely in his wrapper. Uh, we know. Well, all right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for stopping by and checking out our werewolf top five list. You can find us on. In- I'm sorry. I was just, uh, go ahead. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Heart Guide Media. You can find us on Twitter at Heart Guide Media. You can find uh, Brian at Brian the Reckless on Instagram. You can find Eric at Eric Scott Tyler on Instagram. You can find Sean at Jorge underscore. Was it Jorge Hendo underscore three one five? No, it's Jorge underscore Hendo three one five. Jorge underscore yeah. Hendo three one five, and you could find me at heart guy media and uh yeah so thanks for your uh your ears what's that no nothing i'm sorry we'll be be back soon to uh do some zombie movies right yes we're gonna do top 10 zombie films next um that'll be a good one uh it should be out uh very soon uh you listen soon okay uh, so you can find us on uh, iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Play, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, rate, review, download, stream, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And let us know you're listening. And uh, until then, uh, we'll see you later.